Thank you, Dick. Good morning, everyone. Good to see all of you here this morning. So a little four-year-old girl, she goes to the pediatrician for a checkup, and as her mommy takes her into the doctor's office, the doctor begins his exam, and so he takes out the, an otoscope, and he looks down her ear, and as he's looking down her ear, he asks her, who do you think that we might hear in there? Could it be Big Bird? She doesn't say anything. Then he takes a tongue compressor and compresses her tongue, looks down her throat, and he says, do you think maybe we'll hear the cookie monster in here? Still doesn't say a word. Then he takes out his stethoscope and he begins to listen to the beating of her heart and he says to her, do you think that we might hear Barney in here? She says, oh no. She breaks her silence. Jesus is in my heart. Barney is on my underpants. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cute story when you think about that. So good morning, everyone. If you're visiting with us, we're glad that you have come our way. This morning, we're going to spend some time, Dave is going to be sharing with us some of our budget. We like to be very transparent about where your money goes and what it's used for uh, as a congregation. And, of course, to not only give you information, but to challenge you a little bit as, as well. As you know, this is the time of the year where it's the season of giving of gifts. For many, they emphasize the giving of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to be born in a manger, to live for 33 years, and of course to die on the cross for our sins, and then to resurrect from the grave to give us a tremendous amount of hope. And because of the gift, uh, the time of the season of being one of giving, I thought we might talk a little bit, what is it that you could possibly give God that he doesn't already have? You know, God is the creator of the universe. He's made everything that there is to, to make, and yet he's very mindful of who we are. And so what could we possibly give to God that he doesn't already have? What could we give to God that would bring him cheer? Why could we give to God that maybe might put a happy smile on his face throughout all eternity? Well, we just sang a song here just a few moments ago, Give Me Thy Heart. Look at the words, if you would. Give me thy heart, says the Father above. No gift so precious to him as our love. Softly he whispers, wherever you are, gratefully trust me and give me your heart. What better thing could we possibly give to God than our very heart? I mean, our heart is, really says it at all. In fact, if you became a Christian when you confessed Jesus Christ as the Son of God, repented of your sins, and were baptized into Christ for the remission of your, your sins... You gave or surrendered God the entirety of your heart. And in the beginning, when we gave God our heart, we were probably wholly devoted to God in every way. I mean, we thought about him, we thought about our life, and we wanted to give him our very all. But as time goes on, there are things that begin to challenge us, and obstacles come into our lives. And sometimes we are maybe even encouraged by the world around us to maybe divide our hearts and move away from God into the world itself. In fact, I would submit to you that almost on a daily basis, there is someone that's trying to steal our heart away from God and away from his son, Jesus. Take, for instance, McDonald's. McDonald's, it wants us to give our loyalty to buying their hamburgers and, and their french fries. Little thought is given into what it's doing to your heart's arteries. Or maybe there's Nike. Nike wants you to buy more shoes and put it in your closet, never mind that you might already have a couple pairs already uh, in there. Or Visa. Visa wants your money, but they care less about your financial stability. Uh, maybe you just talk about maybe uh, 
uh, social media. Social media wants to claim as much of our time as possible, whether it's the TV or whether it's playing games or, or surfing the net on our iPads or on our smartphones or maybe even our computers or how much time we spend watching uh, TV. There is all those things that vie for our heart's desire and for our heart's loyalty. Even our jobs, as good as our jobs might be, our jobs can also demand a tremendous amount of our effort and, and energy and time and loyalties at the expense of things that are equally, if not more so, even important there. So there are a lot of things that really do vie for our hearts and, and tries to steal them away, tries to divide them away from God and give ourselves back into the world in which we live. Well, there's a Proverbs, Proverbs 23 and verse 26 Give me your heart, my son, and let your eyes delight in my ways. And so what is being talked about here? Well, God, he's wanting our heart. He's wanting our, our love. He's wanting our worship. He's wanting our commitment, our devotion, and everything. Well, at the same time, there's a world that is out there saying, no, give me your heart. Give me your commitment. Give me your devotion. And so we find ourselves having to wrestle with that on almost a daily basis. So what exactly is the heart? Well, some might say, well, you know what the heart is? If you're literally talking about the heart, the heart is that organ that distinguishes the living from the dead. We're talking about that muscle that is inside our chest that has beaten blood throughout our bodies to a tune of about 109,000 beats in a day. We're so used to it, we almost take it for granted. It becomes just a routine part of what our life is about. Our heart beats within our chest. But we don't think much about it unless we're laying in our beds at night and have maybe a little bit of an anxiety attack and you can hear your heart maybe pounding in your ears, then you're aware of it. Or if something goes bump with your heart, then you're certainly aware of what goes on with your heart. And so the heart, in some ways, talks about that physical thing that God has blessed your body uh, with. But that's not we're what we're talking about this morning. When you talk about what the Bible says about the heart, the heart is the, the seat of worship, of commitment. It's the seat of our affection. That's what the heart is about. And whoever or whatever we give our heart to, well, that determines what our affection is giving to. For instance, in Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses 19 through 21, Jesus said, do not lay up on, uh, lay up on earth uh, treasures where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal, but lay up treasure in heaven where moth does not destroy Rust does not destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there is your heart also. So whatever we decide that we're going to give to, or whoever we decide we're going to give our hearts to, really does determine where our affections are going to lash and where we're going to give our devotion and our commitments to. So this morning, very briefly, I just want to share with you some ways that we can give our heart uh, completely to, to, to God. The first one is to praise God for all his attributes. There in Psalm 16, verses 9 through 11, In your presence is the fullness of joy, and in your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I think if we were to stop and if we were to think about the goodness and the kindness and the graciousness of God, his mercy, his compassion, his justness, his fairness, if we were to think about those things, the fondness of our heart may grow even closer to God and we'll find ourselves falling even more so in love with God when we think about those things that allows us to give thanks in our heart. First Thessalonians 5 and verse 19 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you. So what are the things that we could give thanks to God for? Well, the list is huge, isn't it? I mean, if we were to stop and just think about the complexity of the universe itself, 
or the planet on which we live itself, or the complexity of the human body, or the mind, or just the brain, we're absolutely amazed at how incredible God is. But what's even more incredible is the redemption and love and forgiveness and faith and purpose and plans and provision and prospects and protection and hope and joy and peace. All those things are, can be thrown together and you have all kinds of reasons to be thankful for God. And that's just barely just touching the hem of the garment when we think of how much God has blessed each and every one of our lives. Or memorize and to meditate. How do we give our hearts more holy to God? If you're young people, how do you give your hearts more holy to God? Well, Psalm says, David says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. Your word I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so memorizing the word and, and getting it just off the pages of the Bible or off of just print and moving it into our heads and from our heads into our hearts. I'm not saying you got to be able to quote a book, chapter, and verse perfectly, but I'm saying that the things that we find within the Scripture of how to live a pure and righteous life and how to navigate our way through life happens by us internalizing it into our lives so that when we have a choice to make of right or wrong, good or bad, we're able to think about those words that we have memorized in it that helps us to stay away from that sin that wants to drag our heart away from God and back into the world. Of course, we could remember Solomon's tragic mistake. This is for those of you who are older in here. As Solomon grew old, his wife turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of David his father had been. So here is Solomon, probably one of the greatest kings of, of Israel, certainly had the most land or geography of all Israel under his power, one of the richest men in, in the world, one of the wisest men in the world allowed himself as an old man or as an older person to allow things to drag his heart away from from God. Why is that? Because as you grow older, maybe you be grow, grow more complacent. As you grow older, maybe you just take things for granted and think your faith was always going to be with you and that you can just sit on your laurels with the information that you have or with the knowledge that you have and relax in your faith. And yet Jesus say, says that we must be faithful unto the end, even if it brings a death to us. Guarding your heart Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Watching after a heart, the world is going to come after you. The devil and those that are evil are going to try to disrupt, destroy, to wipe out, to kill the emotions of your heart, the loyalties of your heart. And so we need to guard our hearts against those things that might come against us that could steal our heart. That means we, we guard the, the gateways to the heart. The gateways are our eyes. The gateways are our ears. Watch out what comes into our lives through those gateways in life. Guard it with all diligence. Seek discernment. The discerning heart seeks knowledge, but the mouth of a fool feeds on folly. Or as Hebrews, the fifth chapter, verse 14 says, that the mature have trained their hearts to practice, to practice what God says, that we might be able to discern between that which is good and that which is evil. And so we're encouraged to really discern what is good and, and what is evil. The word of God is that which puts the guideposts up or the perimeters of what is acceptable to God and what is unacceptable to God. So seek discernment of God's word in our lives. Understand the tendencies of the heart. 
The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? And so you can see from that that the heart can become a deceitful thing. The heart in this instance, I think, is talking more so about our emotions or about the things that go into our, our minds. And so the writer here says, watch out for the heart because feelings are not always the best uh, you know, way of walking through life. So why is it? Because feelings and emotions change with the circumstances of life. And so the writer here says, or Jeremiah here says, watch out for the heart is deceitful above all else, desperately uh, sick. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Proverbs 3 and verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean upon your own understanding. So trust God's word to give you the direction in life. It becomes that means of helping us to navigate through life, showing us the direction of how to live our lives. Trust God with your worries. Cast all your cares and anxieties upon him because he cares for you. Do not be anxious for anything, but everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving that your requests be made known to God and the peace of God that passes all comprehension shall guard your hearts and your thoughts in Christ Jesus. Trust God with your health. All of us go through health problems and difficulties in, in life. It's just a fact of life. Trust God with the health. I understand that we live in a time where doctors are uh, incredibly skilled along with, with nurses, but trust ourselves to the unseen physician who knitted us together in our mother's womb and knows our bodies better than anyone else. Trust your health even to God. Trust your wealth to God. The Bible says that God is the one who makes it possible for us to make wealth or to make great wealth. So trust your wealth to God, knowing that if you were to give unto the Lord on the first day of the week, understanding that you cannot give God, that God cannot give you hands down. And so trust your wealth to God, knowing that he's the one that has enabled you to make the wealth that you, you have. Of course, the last one is to love the Lord your God with all your heart. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And a second is like unto it, to love your neighbor as yourself. But notice what he says, to love the Lord with all your heart. That means without any exception that we are to give all to God and love him as much as is possible within us with all our heart. That means we're completely sold out to him in every way. The idea that I'm trying to get across to you is this, is that when you give God uh, your heart, you will have given your all and nothing will be left over. There'll be nothing that you'll be stingy about. There'll not be nothing that you hold back, but you'll willingly find ways to give God all your heart. So the song said, give me thy heart, says the Father above. No gift so precious to him as our love. Softly he whispers wherever uh, thou art, gratefully trust me and give me thy heart. So the question for you this morning is, have you given your all? Have you set your affections, your commitments, your loyalties toward God? And if not, this morning would be a good day to do that very thing while together we stand and sing the remainder of this song.